is Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. This is the Sheer, where we talk a topic per session with some practical lessons, looking at the power of providence. Divine providence is very much relevant and prevalent in every day. If you look for it, you can find it. If you look to see where it is, you will be able to find it in all its different formats. The Shear should be a zechus of a Yeshua and refuah to anyone who needs and to anyone who wants, whether it's to find a zivog or to have children or to have a refuah Yeshua. Everyone should be zechus to have their Yeshua, their refuah, speedily bekarov. All our shiurim are available after the fact, of course, as a podcast on the different podcast forums. You can listen to us on Spotify, on Yidpod, on Google, iTunes, and the like. Besides for being live on Monday nights, we upload it afterwards, God willing, as the podcast to listen to. You can listen to Tani Talks Daf and Tani Talks Pirke Avos and Tani Talks OT and Parsha and, of course, this radio show on different formats. This is the Shear where we talk a topic for the week with some practical lessons to keep for the audience members to keep. Talking this week about the power of providence. Have you ever felt that Hashem was guiding you to an exact moment, to an exact spot, or an exact place? Have you ever felt that things just happened to fall into place perfectly? Did you ever have the feeling that something this feels right, especially right now? This is the feeling of Hashem guiding us and being involved in our lives. It might be that you get a message, you get a text message that someone is looking for a job. It might be that you get an email in your inbox, start a podcast now, start an article now, write this right now. Sometimes it's Hashem tugging at us, telling us, guiding us, leading us where we're supposed to go where we're supposed to take our next steps, where we're supposed to continue in the future, in our own lives, in the journey of our own lives. If we look around us and we think about it, we can see Hashem everywhere if we just try to find Him. If we search for Him, we will find Him. If we look for Him, we will locate Him wherever we turn. As the popular song by Uncle Maishi goes, Hashem is here. Hashem is there. Hashem is truly everywhere, up up, down, down, right, left, and all around, here, there, and everywhere, that's where he can be found. It'll be stuck in your head too now. It indicates that we should search and look for him, Hashem, and then we will see him all over. You think about the idea of weather, quote-unquote. You think about the idea that society, secular society, uses called Mother Nature. These are terms they like to use, but really it's just hiding the fact that it's Hashem behind everything. It's all nonsense. It's really that everything is from Hashem. It's all ordained and controlled and organized and orchestrated by Him. Unfortunately, only... Sometimes do we think to see or feel Hashem's hand guiding us when we see the large miracles. But really everything is from Hashem. Miracles big and small and all aspects of life. Nowadays too much effort, too much credit is given to man and people pat themselves on the back for their own work and their own great jobs way too much. Not enough thanks and gratitude is given to Hashem who is the only one that should really get the credit and the shoutouts. Society basically also suffers from the idea of kol chivotzim yadi, which comes from Devarim Perikhet Pasik Yud Zayin V'yamartabel Vavacha. Kol chivotzim yadi asali esachayil hazeh. You say to yourselves, "My power, my might, my hand have won this, have done this, have gotten this wealth for me." 
This is where many in society think and believe everything they have came about only because of their hands. Their hard work without really attributing it to anything, to Hashem. What about the fact that your train always comes at 7.18, but today when you were late by three minutes, somehow magically the train was delayed for five minutes, which never happens, and you could catch it. What about if you magically had enough money in your bank account to pay off that debt you had today? It's not magic. It's Hashem guiding every aspect of our lives. Can you think of any examples in your own life? Think about your day. Try to find three instances. Try to write them down to make a hashkacha journal. You'll be amazed at how many you'll think of and how big the journal will become. H.com explains that coincidences are God's way of waving hello, of saying hello. When we experience a coincidence, God is, so to speak, Hashem is going out of His way to make it known to us how present He is in our lives. In Torah, this is what we call Esra, it's on a favorable moment. But if we translate the Hebrew literally, it's even more powerful. It means a time of goodwill, a time where Hashem is expressing His longing for us. During these moments, our Chacham and our sages teach us that the gates of heaven are open to our prayers. So that is something we can do the next time a coincidence happens, even though there's no such thing as coincidence. Even in our own life, we can see examples of what happened, of where Hashem literally orchestrates our life, orchestrates the happenings in our own days. Even small items that seem to fit perfectly the couch fitting perfectly in the living room, an inflatable bounce house being just the right size, the table being made into a desk with just the right dimensions. Hashem literally orchestrates everything exactly to the T. Interestingly, we see that things happen for a specific reason in a specific way, and it can happen that it plays out over the day exactly as it's supposed to. Coincidence? I think not. We could give different examples, simple examples from H.com, meaning I in the story is the narrator, not me. David was involved in the Second World War and was a prisoner in one of the concentration camps. We should never know from such things. Hashem Yom Damam for all those people. David strongly felt the unseen hand of Hashem leading him and directing his every move. A frightful episode occurred when David left his barracks briefly in order to daven mincha behind a tank standing outside. He returned to a dreadfully eerie silence. Gradually, his mind registered the appalling sight, greeting his shocked eyes. As comprehension set in, his entire body gave way to violent trembling when he realized that every one of his fellow inmates was lying passed away before him. The Nazis in Machshamam, it seemed, had paid them a visit while he was outside conversing with Hashem. One Friday night, I was in shul, and my mind wandered a bit. This is not me speaking, this is the narrator. I realized that this was my anniversary of keeping Shabbos for the first time. In fact, it was exactly 20 years ago to the day. I wondered how many Shabbases that was. I did the math and multiplied 20 years times 52 weeks and arrived at 1,040 Shabbases, 1,040 Shabbases. Then I realized something that my head spin. That same week, I began a brand new job. The address was 1,040 North Los Palmas Avenue, 1,040 North Los Palmas Avenue. 
Only Hashem could orchestrate something like that, giving a hidden wink, a hidden hint to that person's own life. Someone else explains, one of my favorite, favorite Torah commentators is Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac Chaver, a tremendous Torah scholar and Kabbalist from the 19th century, from the school of the Vilna Gon. The book of his teaching, the book that was being studied by this person, is called Or Torah, the Light of Torah. When he learned that he'd also written a commentary on the Agadita, the more esoteric sections of the Talmud, he ordered that too. When the books arrived, he was overwhelmed with emotion. He sat in his favorite chair, brought the books to his heart, and hugged them. At that moment, the phone rang. His daughter ran in to tell him that someone was calling for him. Who? he asked. The daughter answered, Or Torah. What? There is a shul in the community called Torah Or, but the caller ID, which happens on our phone too, reverses the first and last name. So the screen read, or Torah, the name of the rabbi whose books was just being hugged at that moment. So oftentimes in life, sometimes in life, there are these little messages, these little sublime markers, if you will, these little messages, these little anecdotes, and these little things that Hashem sends to us, like He's winking to us, like He's talking to us, like He's sending things in our life. Some quotes about divine Providence about Hashkacha Pratis also that were seen from people all over the world. A Jew who does not believe in miracles is not a realist. That was said by David Ben-Gurion. There are two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle, said by Einstein. Svi Freeman has said, open your eyes and you will see a world full of miracles. Kutzgarebi says a quote that I find fascinating. Whoever does not see God everywhere does not see him anywhere. Jonathan Eibschitz says, Every day many a miracle happens to the children of Israel. Were it not for God's miracles, we should, heaven forbid, have perished a long time ago. And Eli Wiesel has said, In Jewish history, there are no co coincidences. There's a famous story in which the Kaiser asks Bismarck, Can you prove the existence of God? Bismarck replies, The Jews, Your Majesty. The Jews. From SimpleToRemember.com There are two types of hashkacha involved in talking about the idea of providence in general. There's, of course, hashkacha pratis, which is the special providence God's caring innately for each person and their life and the, and the, dif and the different details of their life. But there's also hashkacha klalis, which is the general providence, God's care for the world in general and for the species in particular. And then, of course, the Shkacha Pratis is a special providence that God cares for each individual. The famous Talmudic statement regarding Hashem's providence extending to all His creatures is the saying that Hashem feeds the whole world, from the horned buffalo to the brood of vermin from Avodah Zarah 3b. The late second century teacher, Rabbi Hanina, gave expre expression to the extreme view of divine providence over human beings when he said no man bruises his finger here on earth unless it was so degreed against him from on high and that comes from Hulin. We know that the one of the Animam and Animam in Bimunashemanig. So I believe, and the sitter points us out in this in the thirteen principles of faith from the Rambam, I believe with complete faith that Hashem himself, God's existence is the fact that he is blessed in his name and he creates and guides all creatures and that he alone made 
makes and will make everything. The Arshko Siddur notes that the nature of belief in God, God's existence, there is no partnership in creation. Hashem is the sole creator and the universe continues to exist only because He wills it to be so, only because He wills it to exist. He could exist if everything else were to come to an end, but it is inconceivable that there could be any form of existence independent of Him. Pirkei Avos also points out in Gimel, Everything is foreseen, yet freedom of choice is granted. The world is judged with goodness. Everything is in accordance with the preponderance of, of works. Pergavos also points out elsewhere in Bez Aleph, Histaka Bashlosha Devarm Viata Bali de Avera Dam Mala Malamimchav Ayn Rovis Ozan Shamasvakomachsecha Vesefer Nechtavim. If you apply your mind to three things that the rabbi said, you'll not come into the clutches of sinning. Know what is above you, the eye that sees, the ear that hears, and your deeds are written in a book. Hashem is always present, always involved, always dictating and seeing and hearing and listening and writing down for people their aspects of their life and how he could guide their life. In Devarm, Moshe asks the Jewish people, what does Hashem want from us? Only to walk in his paths, to love him, to serve the God, and to fear him and revere him. Rashi points out on that Pasuk, Everything is foreseen by Hashem except for choosing to do right and wrong. Hashem guides you into your profession. Hashem guides you into the house you'll have. He guides you into the car you'll drive. He guides you into all your endeavors, any side hobbies that you're involved in. Hashem is very much involved, intimately involved in our lives and in our actions and in our tasks. Hashem is the guiding hand behind all those things. Rabbi Chanina also points this out in Brachos 33b. Lam Gimel on the bet. Everything is in the hands of Hashem except for the fear of Hashem. The Gemara asks though in Mod Katana, a strange thing happens. There are two great rabbis, but one of them, we should live, all of us on Mevas Mishana, but one lived for 92 years, the only one lived for 40 years. And a different Gemara talks about how it's Abaye versus Rava. Abaye got Abai and, Ra- and Rava, as opposed to Rabbi, I believe one had 40 years, one had 60 years. Ravchis and Rava were both very holy, but their lives looked very different. Moed cut on 28a. Ravchis still lived for 92 years, but Rabba lived for 40 years. The house of Rav Chista celebrated 60 weddings, whereas the house of Rabbah experienced 60 bad things, which never know from such things. In the house of Rav Chista, there was bread from the finest flour, Samida, even for the dogs, and it was not asked after as there was so much food. In the house of Rabbah, on the other hand, there was coarse barley bread, even for people. It was not found in sufficient quantities. So the question becomes, if they're both great rabbis, they're both great people, how could it be that one house had one and one house had nothing? One house had all these great things and one house had all these sad things. It becomes the big question, why do good things happen to bad people and why do bad things happen to good people, which is a question we can never really answer. Moshe Rabbein himself couldn't answer it. He asked Hashem, show me your ways, explain it to me. And Hashem said, no man could see this, no man can understand this and live. You could only see the back of my ways, the back of my back, the knot of the back of my tefillin, whatever that means, from a cave, a hidden crevice. We don't know the answers, we don't know the reasons, but we do know that God, Hashem guides you to where He wants and gives you what you need. One person will give a humongous mansion, one person He gives a very modest, cozy house. One person He gives tons and tons of money, the other person He gives not a lot. 
That's all in Hashem's hands. Hashem gives you exactly what you need for your mission, your destiny in life. If someone has, a, has millions and millions and millions, their lot is they have to contend with the riches, how to give it out, which is no small task. If he wanted you to have a mansion, you would have a mansion. Be happy with your lot. Perkyovus teaches us from Benzoma Ezehu Ashir Hasameach Bechalko. Be happy with your lot. Who is happy? Someone who is happy with his lot, because that's exactly what is right for you, decreed by Hashem. The Mornevulchem points out that when a person connects to Hashem and thinks about Hashem and doesn't separate from Him, he can realize with an intellectual link that Hashem secures the presence and protects him from all the bad things. Hashem is in control. The Kedas Yitzchak talks about in 35 when Moshe looks at how stubborn Par was just a few parshas ago, all the burdens on the Jewish people, he turns to Hashem asking, why did you cause these things to become worse? Moshe assumed, even when Ashkach Pratis, divine providence is at work, there has to be logic. Natural law has to be operative side by side. God corrected him, saying, now you will see. Once the supernatural is at work, the very opposite of what natural law dictates can occur. The Hamagdavra also points out that when Moshe is looking at this situation of what Hapar was doing to, to harden his heart, Hashem talks about that, all of it will be and is a result of divine providence. It's my wanting, Kaviachal, that the Paro does this because now he'll see all the wonders happening in Mitzrayim and even more so the wonders happening at the sea. Because the commentators point out in the Haggadah, the different sections of the Haggadah, that there were five times as many miracles in the sea as there were in Mitzrayim. So if there are ten makos, one talks about fifty in the Yamsuf. And if someone says that there was fifty, one talks about two hundred, two hundred fifty. Different aspects from being able to take fruit and drink the water itself and having the dry land and the and the Mitzrayim being punished by having a collapse and then many different miracles. Hashem totally being involved with his providence in that aspect as well. The Torah wished to strengthen the concept of divine hashkacha as a cornerstone of Jewish belief. The Kliyakar points out in Vayikra, it is a cornerstone of our belief. It's one of the 13 principles of faith, one of the Yud Gimel Midos, one of the Yud Gimel Ikarm, excuse me, that the Rambam points out that is a cornerstone of Jewish belief. Hashem knows what a person is doing and what should, a person should be doing in order to maintain and fulfill what their name stands for. The Rabbeinu Bachya points out in Bereshis, a person has to be involved in what Hashem leads him to do. You're supposed to keep track. Hashem keeps track of all the things that a person is involved in in their life and leads them along the way to be involved in what they should be involved in. Hashem commands our hearts and guides our hearts to do what we should be doing in this world through Hashgach HaPratis, as Sefer Fachinach points out. So it is a fundamental idea in general that Hashem watches out for us in every day. The more we see Him, the more we feel Him, the more we can accomplish. We have a divine spark and a pintalayid inside of us. It's Selim Elokim and all of us. If we are alive by definition, we are important and worthy of being around with a mission Hashem wants us to do. You find your purpose and your mission, and Hashem will guide you. I don't remember where I heard this or saw this. There's a very famous story of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, the great rabbi and father of the Musr movement. One time Rabbi Salanter 
was walking around very late at night, presuming after learning a very long time. As he was walking in the street, maybe it was 1 a.m. or 2 a.m., 2.30, he saw a small house with a candle burning in the window. Everything Rabbi Salander saw and experienced, he incorporated into Moser. So he sees the candle burning in the window. Naturally, he's curious, and he's enticed to see what's going on. Who is up so late at 2, 2.30 in the morning? What are they doing? As he approached closer, he saw a blacksmith toiling over his work by the light of the candle. Rabbi Salanter was astonished as to why a person would be working so late into the night. He approached the blacksmith and asked him why he was working so late. The worker responded, as long as the candle is still burning, there is still work that could be done. As long as the candle is still burning... There is still work that must be done. Rabbi Salanter immediately took this as Musr for life. As long as the candle of life is still burning within us, alive in our souls, souls alive in our neshamos, there is still work that must be done, that could be done, that should be done. Hashem gives you life and purpose. Use it all the time you are here on this earth. Hashem's hand is in, in every living person and in every living thing, as Eov points out as well, and the Kedas Yitzchak points out as well. When Hashem gives us the Luchos, when He gives us the, the Ten Commandments, and He talks about Anochi, I am Hashem, Lo Yehiyah, have no other deities, Zachor, Esyom HaShav, remember the Sabbath day, these are the commandments that remind us there's Hashkach practice. it's only me. Hashem says there's nothing else. Personal providence, personal divine providence that guides our life here on this earth. And it's not only in our lives, it's not only in our jobs and in our family lives and in our finances and our material things, but if you think about our land also, very much so, very fascinating. JewishVirtualLibrary.org points out when Mark Twain goes to visit the Jewish land in 1897, September 1897, quoted in the National Jewish Post and Observer from June 1984, but he was there in 1897, September. He talks about what the land looks like, if the, and he talks about the Jewish people themselves as well. Two different aspects of how he comments on the Jewish people and the Jewish land. First, talking about the Jewish people, if the statistics are right, the Jews constitute but one quarter of one percent of the entire human race. The Jews constitute one quarter of one percent, so that's like 0.25% of the entire human race. It suggests a nebulous puff of stardust lost in the blaze of the Milky Way. Properly, the Jewish person, the Jew, ought to hardly be heard of, but to be forgotten. But he is heard of, has always been heard of. He is as prominent on the planet as any other people. His importance is extravagantly out of proportion to the smallness of his bulk. His contribution to the world's lists of great names in literature, science, art, music, finance, medicine, and abstruse learning are also very out of proportion to the weakness of his numbers. He has made a marvelous fight in this world in all ages and has done it with the hands tied behind him. He could be vain of himself and be excused for it. The Egyptians, one of my favorite lines, the Egyptians, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Romans, they rose, they filled the planet with sound and splendor, and then they faded to dream stuff and passed away. The Greeks and Romans followed and made a vast noise, and they were gone. Other people, too, 
Imakshaman people from World War II, have sprung up, have held their torch high for a limited amount of time, for a time, but it burnt out, and they sit in the twilight now, in the annals of history, and have vanished. This is the key line of the entire poem, basically, of the entire article. The Jews saw them all. The Jews survived them all. And the Jew is now what he always was, exhibiting no decadence, no infirmities of age, no weakening of his parts, no slowing of his energies, no dulling of his alert but aggressive mind. All things are mortal but the Jews. All other forces pass but he remains. What is the secret of his immortality? Beautiful, beautiful writing by Mark Twain. Beautiful, eloquent description of the Jewish soul, of the Jewish neshama, of the Jewish person. Of course, the key answer being Hashem is the guiding force. The Torah is the guiding force. That's why we're eternal. Hashem made a promise to Avram many, many moons ago that the Jewish people will always be around. Even if we're trampled and then we race to the stars and then we're trampled again, we'll always be around. The Jewish people, we as the Jews, have extra special provenance and protection from Hashem. Our whole history and existence is a miracle, especially since every generation tries to wipe us out, like we talk about in the Seder, and we survive. You think about the Shweki song, Lahavda, We Are a Miracle, goes through certain small examples of the idea of starting in the Midbar and through World War II and beyond. Everyone tries to, to mess with us, but Hashem, Baruch Hashem, stands up for us, and we stand tall and strong for many generations. Hashem is in control. Hashem is the providence that guides us and leads us, as Rambam himself points out. Hashem watches over every rational being according to the amount of intellect which the beings possess. Those who are perfect in their perception enjoys the influence of the providence, but those who are good with their knowledge of Hashem turn their mind and should only focus it towards Hashem as well. Hashem is in control. Even early on in Shmuel Aleph, in Perak Bed, probably in the in the poem in the Shirot of Chana, after she has Shmuel himself, she goes very eloquently describing praising to Hashem. One of the Psukim says, Hashem Morish Umashir Mashpil Af The Lord makes poor, Hashem makes poor and makes rich. He casts down and he also lifts high. Because all of these things, especially because money is so fluid, it comes and goes and comes and goes. It's like an ever revolving wheel. Only Hashem could decide and can enact one person to have lots of money and one person to have nothing. One is cast down and one is left higher because Hashem is the cause of all success in the world. Not us, not our kochiv, otzim yadi, only Hashem. All service to Hashem, as Ibn Ezra points out in Devarim, is to preserve one's capacity to receive the divine influence according to the different natures. The Supreme Providence pays attention to every fine detail, as the Derech Hashem points out, to all that is connected to Him that precedes and that Follows, excuse me. In the end, Hashem oversees all the details with relationship to the whole collective from the perspective of all the parts that combine in the structure. And the Kedas Yisuk points out how Hashem does not wait until major problems requires intervention, but He's always concerned, always supervising, involved. Hashem is involved in the great miracles and in the small miracles, whatever that means, small versus great. They're all really miraculous, whether it be nature or mother nature, which is really Hashem, obviously, or to the great, great aspects of Hashem's might, like earthquakes and tornadoes and, and monsoons. We should never know from those things. All is in the control and in the power of Hashem. At the outset, we see Hashem 
teaches the Jewish people about his might in Itzias Mitzrayim, showing a meta-aspect, meta a meta-version of his strength, a basic tenet to know that Hashem is very strong and fully involved. Original ancestors saw miracles on a deep level. The Rambam explains in his commentary, as explained and translated by Rabbi Shavel, our original ancestors saw miracles on a deeper level. They saw God as both the one who ordered the heavens in the time of creation, and also they were rescued from hunger, rescued from death, rescued from war, and the sword, and were given wealth and respect, a good life. They understood that all things depend on hidden miracles. Gamar Makos points out that this is one of my favorite phrases also. Amar Rabba Bar Rav Huna from Makos 10b. Amar Rav Huna, Amarle Amar Rav Huna, Amar Rabbi Elazar Ben Ator Ben Avim Nixuvim. It's pointed out three times. Different examples. Not going to them now. Sheadam Rod said Lelech, Baderach Sheadam Rod said Lelech, Bamalichan also. Apropos the path upon which God leads people, the Gemara states a very famous statement, very famous statement. One learns and one goes and one is guided along the path that a person wishes to proceed. The path that a person wants to go and wishes to go and doesn't even know they want to wish to go, but Hashem gets them. Hashem will lead them. Hashem will assist them. If you want to be that writer, you go to school, you don't know if you can make it. Hopefully, God willing, Hashem will lead you. Wanted to be an OT, Hashem sent me to OT school and Baruch Hashem, he pulled me through. There was a very high likelihood in the first semester that I was going to pull out and, and drop out. Very, very close, but Hashem had me stick it through and Baruch Hashem, we made it through years ago and years later. The, the path that you want to go, Hashem will lead you. If you want to go on a certain path, especially if it's a good path that will lead to lots of torments with Chesed, Hashem will lead you. Hashem will take you on the way. Remember that Hashem's Hashem saves you and guides you every day. There are terrible things that can happen in the world. Every day that's a day that Baruch Hashem, things went well, mostly, is a day that Hashem spared a person from disasters of the world, from sufferings, from diseases, as, as the Chavos of Vavos points out, and calamities that befall many people, like imprisonment and hunger and thirst and cold and burning and poisons and dangerous animals, leprosy, insanity, paralysis, many terrible things we should never know about. These are all things that Hashem makes sure to take us care of us even in the beginning of davening, we say it right away, Moda'ani, thank you for giving our neshama back, and thank you for letting us have clothing, and for walking erect and not being stooped over, and for being able to accomplish things in the world, and having the Torah, and either being a male or being a female, accomplishing our, our abilities, and being able to be wrapped up in the splendor. Many different brachas we start out right away, understanding and realizing, and we should be internalizing, Hashem is taking care of all these things. Hashem goes with us also wherever we go. Hashem goes down with Yaakov to Egypt, to Mitzrayim, Redu. Hashem literally descends for the 210. The explanation of the word Redu is 210. Hashem goes down with them, and Hashem also is with us, even in the depths and despair. Lowly, Hashem, no for such things. But people say that they end up in the worst places in their life, and they felt God's presence, a tap on their back, a pat on their back, even in jail, even in exile, even in decrepit conditions, we should never know from those, but they feel His presence, and Hashem goes down with the people wherever they are, especially in Gullus. Hashem is with us wherever we go, whatever we do, even in the depths, even in the Gullus. And the the aspect is to see that the Chavz of Elves talks about that even if a person is distanced and even if a person goes to different people, people talk about the story how there's a person standing by a wall and lying down by a wall and he gets up and then the wall collapses, just like that other story beforehand, Hashem guiding him 
in his life. A very famous story that the Gemara talks about. I forget which Gemara, but it's also pointed out on JewishGardens.com. I talked about this story the other week. Just over 2,000 years ago, Rabbi Kiva travels with a candle, a rooster, and a donkey. The candle so he could study Torah at night. The rooster has alarm clock to wake him up to study Torah, and finally the donkey to carry his possessions. Rabbi Kiva stopped at a city and tried to get lodging at the inn, but there was no room available. Rabbi Kiva literally went from house to house, but nobody would let him in. Instead of getting angry or frustrated, he simply said, whatever God does, it must be for the good. What did he do? He walks into the neighboring woods and sets up camp. All of a sudden, a strong wind kicks up, extinguishes his candle. A few moments later, a ferocious lion emerges from behind his tent and kills the donkey. What's left? The rooster. A ravenous cat comes and devours the cat, so Rabbi Akiva is completely alone. Rabbi Akiva is completely stuck. What did he say? We shall be zochet to be even a small sliver of this kind of a level. Rabbi Akiva, after losing everything he took with him, whatever God does must be for the good. Probably didn't even have food. I never realized this, but he probably didn't even have anything to eat. Probably went to sleep hungry. The next morning, Rabbi Kiva discovers that a band of robbers of bandits had attacked the town during the night, mercilessly killing the people, stealing their money. The robbers escaped into the farce. If they had seen the candle or heard the noise of the rooster or, or been aware of the donkey, Rabbi Kiva would have met the same fate as the townspeople. God had literally saved his life by extinguishing his candle and taking his animals. Fascinating. And, and Hashem is involved in our life even before we're around. You know, 40 days before a person is formed, they say, this person is going to marry this person, this person is going to marry this person. Must be a very interesting shidduch process for Hashem in the, in the heavens. But 40 days before, they talk about that this person is destined for this person. Talim also points out to us that Hashem lifts up the people, Hashem puts down the people, Hashem is involved in all aspects of the life. Of all of our life. A fascinating story also from Gemara Tanis. Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa sees that his story, his story is sad. He says, why are you sad, my daughter? She says to him, I confused a vessel of vinegar for a vessel of oil. I lit the Shabbos lamp with vinegar. Soon the lamp will be extinguished. We will be left in the dark. He said to her, my daughter, what are you concerned about? The one who said the oil that it should burn can say to the vinegar that it should burn. Atana taught the lamb burn continuously the entire day, and they even made Havdalah from that candle. Because Hashem is in control of everything. Just because it's called weather, just because it's called nature, doesn't mean it's not Hashem behind the fact. Of course it's Hashem involved in Hashem, the one involved in all things. And Hashem did all the makos to prove just that, to prove the Hashgacha process, to prove the providence in this world, in this life. Hashem went down with all of our forefathers. Hashem was with Yosef, and Yosef felt it. Hashem was able to give Yosef the power to interpret the dream, the dreams, excuse me, to make sure that Yosef would attain the position that he rightfully needed to save the Jewish people. But the divine providence, we just have to look for it. Look for Hashem whispering to us. Look for Hashem reaching out to us. It could be something very simple. The fact that you caught that train, which you normally would have missed, something very, very simple. The fact that you know, you didn't have something to read, and on, on your train station next to you, you see a Jewish action magazine. What are the chances that somebody would leave that there? You have a good magazine to read. All aspects of our life are involved and directed by Ashgach HaPratis, by divine providence. Hashem always keeps His eye on us and on the land. All year, all life, Devarim points out in Parakid Aleph, 
Eretz Asher Hashem El Doreshatat Hamenei Hashem El Ba Mereshit Hashana Ve'Aderechas Acharit Hashanim Eretz Asher Tamenei Elokachaba. I forget where that's from, but Hashem's eyes are always on the land, and Hashem's eyes are always on us, watching us and guiding us, on being involved in the aspect. Some people say, Koldo Dido Fig talks about how the, the formation of the UN, which has been very, very anti-Israel, very anti-Jewish over the years, one of the main reasons that they were formed probably were because of the idea of just to have the idea of the creation of the modern state of Israel. Just for that purpose, it might have been created because way after that, a lot of not nice things came about their rulings and their their decisions. Eretz Yisrael itself has the, the extra eye of Hashem on it. Whoever lives in the land of Israel, Hashem has extra providence there. Hashem has extra looking out for it there. And Hashem has extra providence to put there in that land, especially with the extra mitzvahs, not extra, but especially with the mitzvahs that a person is able to do there and there alone to be involved in that. And we know that Adar's coming up in a couple of weeks, and of course the Hashgacha Pratzes is seen very powerfully behind the scenes, which is often how we see Hashem nowadays. We don't get to see the Hashgacha full force like they were in the Makos and Mitzrayim. But Hashem is involved in every aspect of the life. It might be hidden or concealed, but it's always there if we look closely enough. We have to put our faith that Hashem is there and look for Him and try to find Him in different aspects of our life. We think about how different aspects of our life remind us of Hashem too, with all we don't need reminders, wearing the tefillin, wearing the mezuzah, seeing that Hashem is the protector. Hashem is the one involved to take care of us. Hashem is ruling in every moment. Hashem is ruling all moments of our days, throughout our days. Hashem is there. And of course, Avraham knew this. King David himself knew it. And David, Dan, Daniel sees it too when Hashem saves him from the lions and Hanani, Mishal, and Zal knew it too when Hashem saved them from the, 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 the burning fire, which was made seven times hotter than usual. And these are different aspects, different examples that we could see that we could learn from in our own lives. The Gemara talks about, and we're going to wrap up in a minute. The Gemara talks about Kasuva 67b, very, very famous story. One of my favorite stories also from the Gemara. Mar Okva was very generous and was very good at giving out tzedakah. Mar Okva had a pauper, had a charity, had a person who needed charity, a poor person in his neighborhood. Mar Okva was accustomed every day to toss four dinas for him into the slot of his house adjacent to the hinge of his door. Like people have a modern contraption for the mail. They put it through the slot in the door. So similar to that for the pushka. One day the poorest person said, I want to see who is giving me this money. Of course, the highest level is to give someone a job, but second highest is to be anonymous both ways. I will go and see who is doing the service for me that day. Marukva was delayed in the study hall. His wife came with him to distribute the charity, the tzedakah. Importance of doing things together with your spouse is not a hidden message, every day especially. So they go together to give out the charity, to distribute the charity. When the people in the poor man's house saw that someone was turning the door, the poor person went out after them to see who it was. Marukva and his wife ran away from before him so that he would not determine their identity and they entered a certain furnace whose fire was already raked over and tempered but was still burning. Marukva's legs were being singed and his wife said to him raise your legs and set them on my legs which are not burned understanding that only his wife was spared from burns because she was more worthy. Marukva became distraught by way of explanation. She said to him I am normally found inside the house 
When I give charity, my assistance is ready and immediate insofar as I distribute actual food items. Since you distribute money, which is not as readily helpful, my aid is greater than yours. So Hashem is able to provide for us. Hashem is able to take care of us even when we do really difficult things for involved in our life. And I want to end off with talking about the idea how Hashem's providence is really really effervescent, really is everywhere. And Mark Twain talks about elsewhere how the land of Israel was desolate, it was empty, it was barren. When he came to visit it all those years ago, it didn't have anything doing. It was devoid of anything inhabitable. Nobody was able to live there, nobody was able to work it, and nobody was able to really get what we needed to get out of it. It was barren. It was totally barren, the land. So, he goes around and he talks about how the land is lacking in all the things necessary for it to go. It is a barren land. It is a land that is full of desolation and full of being able to be inhabited. And you think about how that it is really not able to be there. But the JewishVirtualLibrary.org talks about, quoted Mark Twain in The Innocents Abroad in London, 1881, it's a desolate country whose soil is rich enough but is given over wholly to weeds, a silent mournful expanse, a desolation is here that not even imagination can grace with the pomp of life and action. We never saw a human being on our whole route. There was hardly a tree or a shrub anywhere. Even the olive and the cactus, those fast friends of the worthless soil, had almost deserted the country. Does that sound like the Israel we know about today? Does that sound like the Eretz Israel we know about today? Of course not. But back then, when we didn't inhabit the land, when Hashem's full effect was not felt on it yet, it was a vastly different thing. So remember that Hashem is involved with the big events and the little events in our life. Hashem gives you exactly what you need. You have to remember Hashem watches out for us. You just have to look for Him. Try to find Him every day. Try to find three little instances of pure hashkacha in your day. We all have that divine spark in our lives. We are the Jewish people. We have that extra special providence. And Hashem is the cause of all of our successes, big and small. He's always around. He's always watching. He's with us wherever we go, with whatever we do, even in Gullus. Hashem is in charge of everything and controls all. Every person has their purpose in life. And Hashem is with us with whatever we do. He takes us on the road that we want to take. If we let Hashem in and realizes He controls everything, we can really attain greater things. And Hashem has even greater presence in the land of Israel and is controlling and involved in every aspect of our life. And it may be hidden, it may be concealed, but Hashem is always there if we look close enough. Put your complete faith, trust in Hashem. Know that He knows what He's doing. We're placed in certain times where we're supposed to be there. He's involved in all aspects of our life. We've got to use ourselves as messengers for His providence in this world. And oftentimes He brings her a fool before the Makkah. But make sure to use your Heshtalis to bring Chesed, Mitzvahs, and Torah to this world and standing up for your beliefs and Mitzvahs when realizing that Hashem controls the world is really the best way to go. So take time in your life. Take time in your days. Look for those hidden messages. Look for those hidden sparks. Look for those hidden ideas in your life that Hashem is looking out for you, that Hashem is taking care of you, that Hashem is standing by your side. Oftentimes, when I look at the dot for the day, there's oftentimes something that totally relates, which is very fascinating because the, the dot talks about many different things all over the place. But oftentimes, when I read that day's stuff, there's there's like a subtle message, not so subtle message, but there's a subtle aspect that really speaks to me, that really pulls out to me. If you're reading a, a daily email or something, this, something that, it's always good to do something daily for 
being Kuvayitim in our lives or making sure that we have Torah as a part of our lives. But if there's something you learn that really relates to your day, maybe write it down and see how it affected you, see how it changed you for the day. If we look for the hidden messages of providence, we'll see and we'll feel the power of providence. All we have to do is look for it and search for it and try to find it. And Hashem will be there. We'll feel him at our Sign. We take out a journal, we take out a paper, and we just write down three things, besides for the gratitude journal, which is a beautiful idea, what you're grateful for that day, what went right that day, what, you're, what a happier day, any mitzvahs or chesed you did that day, all great things to write down. But if you have a little bit of a hashkacha journal, writing down three simple things, a very simple way to translate inspiration into action, motivation into task, and thinking into doing. It's always good to connect an action into an idea. If you feel uplifted or you feel like you want to move forward with inspiration in your own life in general, you got to attach a concrete act to it right away. So a simple thing to do is to have a journal, to have a log, not just for mitzvahs or chesed you do every day, which would be great. Really should do that. Or think about wonderful things that happened that day. But sitting down and looking for three aspects, three small things that could be anything that were really hashkacha elements, whether it be the klali that you're thinking about, how marvelous it is I'm able to ride on a train, this beautiful invention Hashem put into the mind of man, or a small, small thing. Man, usually I couldn't I couldn't find a pencil. Lo and behold, I looked into my into my aspect of my knapsack and there was one pencil last pencil there i actually really needed it it was there hashem put it there for me we could find three things in each day to look for and see and try to find in our day we could finally feel the huge power of providence we could look for and find and capitalize on the power of providence and take it with our days if we could take ashkacha with us and implement it into our life to propel us to do more mitzvahs, to do more chesed, and to do more Torah learning in our days, then the power of providence can really help us in our life and guide us in our lives and help us make a big difference in our days every single day. This has been Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co, the Sheer where we talk a topic for the week for audience members to keep joining us next time, God willing, next Monday at 8.30, here on Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co.